Another edition of Beyond Infinity in lockdown, lockdown radio, if you like. Michael Simonetti of And Mine, a digital agency with offices in Melbourne, elsewhere in Australia and around the world. Great to have you back on the program, Michael. Good morning. Good morning, Piers. How are you? I'm pretty good, thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, this stage four lockdown being over, as I think a lot of other people are, and life getting back to normal, which will be great. That's something to look forward to. But we've got some interesting stuff to talk about today. Google and Facebook are kind of in the crosshairs of government policy, and in particular the ACCC, in regard to their use of news services. So locally originated news from the likes of the Sydney Morning Herald or from, from News Corporation. Yeah. Uh, they're the two big news providers. There's now government policy. It's been around for a while now. And Australia is actually quite unique in uh, taking on Google and Facebook over their use of news links and is seeking to introduce revenue sharing laws. I've done some reading. You and I have exchanged some information. And I mean, we want to kind of tease this out a little bit, but uh, in, in some um, some conversations that I've had with you about this, it's, it's kind of sounding like, in a way, this is irrelevant because news has changed so much that the way that people gather news, the, the whole process of using the internet to access news, in particular through social media, if you want to find out what's happening in a particular place, then have a look on Twitter. Because uh, yeah. that gives you actually people on the ground. And that's kind of usurped the normal role or the traditional role that you and I grew up with of the media. So basically, there is now a campaign. There's been some pushback against the Australian government's plans through the ACCC. And we'll post links to the relevant laws that are out there. But Google and Facebook are pushing back. Google is saying they see this as, as a risk to people's data. Uh, and Facebook is saying very simply that they will not tolerate this and that uh, their response will be, and I'm quoting from an open letter from Will Easton, Managing Director of Facebook Australia and New Zealand, he said, we will reluctantly stop allowing publishers and people in Australia from sharing local and international news on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Now, they say that that's the only way to protect against an outcome that defies logic and will hurt, uh, not help, the long-term vibrancy of Australia's news and media sector. Now, the people who are originating news in Australia, the, the traditional journalists and publishers and uh, Sydney Morning Herald, Age, News Corporation titles, they would say the opposite. They'd say, well, we're paying journalists and, and our stuff is going out there and benefiting the traffic that Facebook and Google enjoy and they're, they're huge heavyweights of, of the internet throughout the world. They regard it as a free ride. What, what's your take on this, Michael? I think it's all rubbish. <laughs> I think the yeah. whole thing is, is posturing. <laughs> I think it's stupid. Uh, I think the letters that you've shared with me and the positions that they currently hold are almost irrelevant to the fact of uh, you know how people whether if they ta- if they take it off completely it may or may not have impact but again it's not going to be detrimental things will will shift and find other ways there is some truths to what's being said in terms of yes you know Facebook and Google get to use the mastheads of those traditional magazines and and leverage the headlines of their contents for people to click through, but it's a reciprocal benefit at the moment so that the, the click-throughs to the site and the articles are a benefit to the organizations that have lost enormous amounts of traffic 
to social media platforms anyway. So if the, the greatest loss here to me is the newspapers. If they pull their content from those platforms, they just get less exposure, full stop. So, the traffic so is in their social media platforms. They're, they're, they're losing their, their traffic and audiences on those magazines. The media are going off a cliff and they don't have an answer to content on social media taking eyeballs away from them in terms of interest, full stop. Why wouldn't they be negotiating directly with Facebook and, and uh, why wouldn't News Corp negotiate directly with Facebook and Google rather than, than it looks like um, relying on the Australian government to actually bring in laws to change this? And why is the Australian government getting sounds, involved? Sounds like to me they're out of ideas and they're putting pressure on the government to say we'll protect Australian organisations and journalists and blah, 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 you know, like, mm. but they don't have a commercial model to solve it for themselves. Is part of this, I mean, I suspect just reading between the lines, trying to work out what's behind it. There has been some criticism of censorship that's taken place on social media uh, or lack of censorship or, you know, and, and actually Facebook has introduced fact checking more and uh, certain and, and Twitter has done the same thing. So certain things that are deemed to be against the public interest. Everyone's being, trying to be the everyone's trying to be the arbitrator of truth peers, but it, they're all <laughs> protecting their commercial interests, which are advertisers. Full stop. Never changed. Hasn't changed for decades. You know, mm. we talked about the concept of objective journalism in back chatter on before this call. To mm. me, it's a very, very opaque area at the moment, if at all, because mm. it, 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 essentially all, you know, that's why there's, the, that's why clickbait, the term exists, because people have now determined that they want to get eyeballs, so they make headlines more attractive. Again, the subtleties around this, the letters and the considerations that have been put out in the media so far do not scratch the surface on how complicated an issue this is and how simply it's circumvented. You know, if somebody still wants to post the age headline, which is all the people are reading on social media anyway, you know, some, mm. they're still getting traffic click through. But if I want to paste the ages headline, I just take a screenshot of the ages website and post it up. Like, yeah. why, do I, why do I need to do anything else? I don't. Yep. Right, and like, they've, they've introduced paywalls as well, but then often the headline is sufficient. You can just Google the, the headline and, and you'll find another source often on, on social media, the likes of Twitter, for example, which gives you that information, which is otherwise locked behind a paywall. Yeah, but there's just so many different ways, as, as we've discussed, to get to media, to news, to information and to stories. Right, mm. And all of those terms, I think, have been completely changed over time i don't think news is news anymore i don't think uh you know journalism journalism anymore all of those things have changed you know the and on the ground journalism of what someone you can get a sense of the story yourself and figure out if you i mean everyone has bias so they're going to come at this with a position and they're looking for a particular validation point for their angle on the story that comes out but if you want to get closer to the actual storyline you can. You can go to Twitter. You can go to Facebook. You can get photos and visuals from people that have agendas as well that are talking about it direct on the front line of scenarios. And you're seeing those stories, instead of being reported by journalists, being reported by people. Citizen journalism is happening itself. Now, everybody still has an agenda or has a bias. And if you take that into account from the person, at least you know that person's profile or you can figure that out. And mm. you've got a bit of a, a closer sense. You know, mm. once you start adding uh, storytelling into the process uh, from from a journalistic point of view, it becomes it becomes less less clear. I think I, I, mm. I don't see that that objective journalism still still sits in the same um, I suppose reverence that we that you and I grew up with, how we saw yeah. it growing up, and even if you take a critical eye of that, and I have from back then, 
it's like okay well what was manipulated to us back then and it's still happening and it's happening yeah. you can't say i don't know if it's happening more or less but it's happening and it's just being i, I suppose scattered across different platforms now rather than you know someone trying to be the arbitrator of truth and now that they're trying to do this uh, snopes and fact checking and politifact and all of that man you, it's again unless you can completely get rid of bias there's no way that those things can always be correct you're, you're basically everyone's opinions is just opinions on top of other opinions now you know, just because I did, someone's done a journalist course and they've got more beautiful English and, and grammar than everybody else doesn't mean they're right. Well, this is, the, this is the thing. It's anything that's time sensitive because of the internet is so immediate and because things like Twitter and, and webcams and all this sort of stuff makes things so immediate. So I don't need to look up the newspaper or read a report about what the weather's like on Koh Samui. I can look at a webcam or I can look on Twitter and find someone who's there and find out what the weather's like on Koh Samui. So really the role of, of, of journalists working for the likes of SMH, News Corp, those kind of old school news organisations, it's got to be analysis. They can't compete in the time sensitive area. And this is why newspapers, daily newspapers are under threat. And if anything, you know, maybe there's a role for magazines, you know, for things which have got that sort of more, they can do a lot more long form journalism, which tends to allow analysis rather than news breaking. So the role of journalists has changed and that's that's irrevocable. That's That can't change. We're not going to go back because we can get immediate stuff. If we want it, we can get it straight away. People used to get the weather out of newspapers. I'm trying to sort of underline for listeners yeah, yeah. how, how it, much the landscape has changed. The, you the know. landscape in terms of technology and how we can source and see information has become immediate. It is... Uh, push and pull orientated whereas before you needed to wait for the morning newspaper to come out or you needed to wait for the nightly news those barriers have been completely dissolved and we're only going to see that change more dramatically in the next few years mm. you're talking about how how certain interest groups can get involved in actual social media as well like the that in other words the people who own social media who can who can choose in the current arrangements, this is if the ACCC is not successful, so you, you continue in Australia to be able to see news headlines and links through Facebook and, and Google. If those changes aren't made, then, then one argument, and this is going back to what I said about what's motivating the ACCC, why are they getting involved between News Corp and, and, uh, and, and the owners of SMH, The Age, uh, which is Nine Media, why get involved? And one, one reason perhaps is that they feel that Facebook, for example could emphasize things or could choose, could, could have an editorial role in what goes onto people's feeds. And so they have a role in actually deciding what, what gets priority. Well, as they news. do already. Mm. They do already. So it's not about they could do that. They do do that. Yep, they, exactly. They personalize your own feed already around the interests, but then they also manipulate that feed based on filtering and their internal bias. And that bias is either, you know, they have a... a, a moral position that they're trying to push forward or it's just purely again the, the same concept that's you know deteriorated the quality of news over the past six or seven or whatever decades you want to count it as that mm. advertisers are the ones that drive the decision making around editorial decisions yeah I mean, this is kind of a new version of something that's been going on for a long time. I mean, there was, there's always been checkbook journalism and there's always been a propensity from news providers to follow the lead from their advertisers because that's where their bread and butter is. That's what's paying for the journalists. That's what's paying for the printing presses or for the broadcasting facilities or for the 
TV license, all the, all the rest of it. A company sends a press release to a to a media organisation. Well, if you're a big advertiser, you, you're kind of assuming that a lot of that press release is going to find its way into a news story. I mean, it happens all the time. Of course. And even before that, we always talk about checkbook journalism and we always talk about the money that's involved in pushing a type of content that makes, you know, in social media today, they're talking about, yes, keep things aggressive and people fighting on Twitter and people fighting on Facebook and making it seem like there's this really messy space in the real, in the world where everybody just is at each other's throats, which virtually never happens in the real world when you're talking to people because you're in front of them and you can you know you calm down or you move on or you know but Mm. that that approach in social media is what they're saying sort of drives that money thing piece at the moment but Mm. i think both suffer from another complete problem which is notoriety like if you look at it from an individual's point of view posting they want likes and they want friends and they want more posts and more likes and more uh, interest people being interested in them that, that, that is a problem for individuals because that ego drives that. And it's the same problem that I saw in, well, you see in journalism is that if you want to be a good journalist, you've got to be always in front of the good story. Now, if mm. you can't be in front of the good story, how do you get it? Well, you make the story more attractive. So you're put in front of more good stories and then you get a higher readership. So even without the money involved, there's still the, the incentive for both the financial and for the notoriety and, and the fame aspect of, of journalism is, has always been a, an issue. And that's why the pure objective journalism idea to me is, you know, it's, it's contrary to the motivations behind how these things are set up. Now, you know, if you want to talk to journalists, I think they would say, yeah, look, I'm, you know, I'd love to know, are they being objective? Are they really being objective? You know, or are they happy with just not having a, as, as big a profile or getting a story here or there? That just doesn't sound like how journalism works. Mm. And what we know you- this has been happening for, for, for decades, man. Like I remember watching that 1950s movie, Ace in the Hole. Have you ever seen that? No. Oh, it's an awesome black and white movie, man, with like Kirk Douglas in it. And uh, he, he's a journalist. And it's a, it's a mirror image of that uh, story of the two guys down the mine in Victoria, shot, you know, 70 years ago. Right. The exact same thing. The media, ambulance chasing an idea and keeping the story alive. Like to me, it, the, the whole thing's messy. The whole thing's opaque. And no one, I mean, the letters that are going back and forward between, oh, this person's going to miss out on this or this person, it's irrelevant. There's much bigger things at play here. If the, if the Age and the Herald Sun and Sydney Morning Herald and all these newspapers lose revenue or they garner revenue from Facebook, I, th- I think the position's clear. Just drop, their, drop each other, you know? R- remove the links and see what happens. I don't think there's going to be any major drop to Facebook's audience. Yeah. And then you'll continue to be able to get international news. So then the international news services will wind up picking the local, picking up the local stuff, and you'll yeah. get it indirectly. It becomes, uh, apart from the else, it becomes very technically op- difficult to enforce, doesn't yes, it? It's pretty, pretty hard yeah, to change it. It's impossible, right? But either way, the commercial model for media outlets in Australia is wrong. Right? No one's sitting there and they've figured it out. The next, the next way to do this, right? Mm. The, the gated piece of pay for our information. Will prove to me that the information is more valuable than what I'm getting from 20 people pushing me the information on social media today. They haven't overcome that yet. And that's why they've got a dwindling audience. And that's why they're looking for ways to get revenue. And maybe Australia is trying to showcase another idea, but I just don't think technically it's a good idea. And I guess there is a sense that this is a, a test case, which other countries and governments around the world, some countries anyway, oh, sure. uh, are said to be watching this. And sure. Australia is kind of at the, at the, at the cutting edge of trying to get this kind of change through. Cutting edge, cutting edge of a stupid idea, yeah. What do you make of 
Google's response, for example, saying your search data may be at risk and the free services that you get through through <laughs> you know through Google are also at risk and, and and I mean this is kind of interesting because the free services they're only free because Google can make money out of the data you you provide by using those free services it's all a show yeah it's all a show welcome to the show of uh, you know digital media and marketing in the uh, in in 2020 yeah indeed Google's ramped up its its opposition to these rules. They've apparently said that they'd be prepared to make some one-off payments, but they're not going to share their their kind of special source about how that you know the algorithms behind you know how they put together their their news or how they take stuff from existing news services. I found it interesting that Apple, which has got a an increasingly popular service, which is Apple News, it's like an app that's baked into your phone, it's baked into your into uh, the, the Mac operating system on on desktop computers. Apple doesn't seem to be to be getting involved in this. So it's, it's and I know that that. That service which Apple offers is quite tightly wrapped up in a. It's in a, a nice kind service, of a, and you and I know about it, but it's small it's, compared, it, to the, compared to the volumes that Facebook yeah, and Google and it, Right. It offers a subscription as well. So it gives you some stuff that's for free, but then it also has, has kind of, you know, there's a big part of it which is saying, okay, pay us a fixed monthly fee and we'll give you access to a whole bunch of stuff. And that presumably then they do pay a royalty to the originators of, of news through that. Presumably, that's a satisfactory setup for media outlets, you know, to, to at least have it offered as a paid subscription. I just wonder whether Google and Facebook could do something similar and thereby satisfy the ACCC. Why do they need to? They can just drop the newspapers. They yeah. don't need them. Mm. So, like, again, we're, we're discussing this idea that the ACCC and the newspapers do not grasp. Technically, they just do not... They are looking at a way to force something that they're... They're not bringing anything in terms of leverage to the negotiation table here, except for, hey, we've got good content. Okay, well, if it's so good, keep it. That's what they, That's where it's going to end up. If it's so good, sell it. That's the exact point. If it's so good, sell it. Yep. Sell it to somebody else. We don't need to be a buyer. Even if for a few months they start to see something change on their platform, then they'll come back to the table and buy it at a, again. What do you want to do it for? We know the numbers now because we've gone through this exercise. From an advertiser's point of view, though, you said before, and we, we know that this is really about advertising dollar, because this is the way all these organizations are trying to make money, are trying to survive out of advertising. So if you're the SMH, you have ads that are, that you know appear alongside a storage, which is done by a paid journalist. If you're Google or if you're Facebook, you have ads that appear alongside stuff that the users of your services see, you know. Like Gmail, for example, you know, you'll see links and it's very clever. It's even related to stuff on the side of email will be stuff that relates to what you're even you're discussing in your email, which is really handy. You know, if like if you're <laughs> chatting with someone, I want to buy a lawnmower. Well, oh, there it is. It's the one just around the corner. You know, there oh, he is. Beautiful. Perfect. So it's very handy and it's a more powerful and effective advertising tool. But at the end of the day, they're both honestly, after. Piers, honestly, Piers, they don't need, they do not need the media outlets at all. They don't need them. Mm. It, it's just if it was so important then you wouldn't have already seen those letters saying we're going to drop you like that position is very clear mm. well we can talk about it i appreciate your thoughts on this a triple c versus the two big 
organizations, Google and Facebook, and uh, Facebook in particular being pretty cut and dry about the whole thing, saying, look, we won't take any prisoners. And very simply, if, if, uh, if you try to make these legislative changes, we will just simply not include material that that's originates in Australia. And then the problem is that you'll get that local news, but you'll just get it via yeah. overseas, you know, because like, right. the jurisdiction of the ACCC doesn't extend to, to what comes from overseas anyway. That's the thing that really gets me about this. It's actually technically impossible to have an effect on these these big companies, big organisations, you know. Well, they can. Again, I just don't see. Uh, this doesn't seem like the pathway that's going to work out. You know, there's other there's other things around taking money offshore and those sort of things that that the large IT companies are battling with at the moment. I think those are better pathways to make sure that if if a company is operating locally, that that more or, or an even proportion of revenue in terms of tax benefits, local people that and, and employment, you know, build bigger teams here. Yeah. You know, like the size of their global team would, would not be related to the same volume of traffic that Australia produces for Facebook. And I know that that's not ideal commercial play for Facebook and Google because, you know, building offshore te- you know, teams in Australia as offshore to mirror the traffic that they get from those services uh, isn't the best model because it's not, you know, it's not as scalable. But that's something that probably I'd like to see is that it, it employs local people and it, it generates more revenue locally and, and keeps money here. Because if we're yeah. using the service, then again, we should be a subset of that service rather than this global position. It's the same sort of thing that it's a wider argument, really, isn't it? It's how do you stop these multinational companies just vacuuming money and t- taking it away, taking it offshore, taking it to a tax haven? Yeah. That's a bigger bigger issue, which is a, a more complicated one and, and a harder one for governments around the world, not just Australia. That, that's what the government here should be worried about rather than the ACCC getting involved in what is essentially a rights management issue that companies can sort themselves. Yeah. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Beyond Infinity. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalogue of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au.